Well, good morning, Life Church. My name is Taylor. I'm a pastor here on staff, and I'm so excited that you have tuned in today. Today is Sunday. Obviously, we are live, and I'm so excited to be here. But that means we are one Sunday closer to reopening and one Sunday closer being together in service. And so I don't know about you, but I am so excited. But until we do that, I want to encourage you, once you get plugged into a life group that you're able to discuss, and and the thing I love about life groups is it allows me to, to sharpen my thoughts and sharpen my walk with Jesus with other believers across our valley. And so I, I just want to encourage you to be in a life group. I don't want you to miss out on the community that all of us are craving right now, especially in this season. So be sure you check out our life groups online and get plugged in if you haven't. You know, I want to thank you for your giving, especially during this season. You know, the whole month of May, we've been showing people uh, that we have blessed because of your generosity. In fact, we have our last family that we want to bless. I want you guys to check out this video as we bless this family, not only with practical needs, but a need that meets further on in their life. Hey, Life Church, just wanted to encourage you in generosity. I know it's super easy to wonder, uh, does your generosity have practical uh, application in our world today? And I've got to tell you, it really does. And so one of the things that happens when you are generous is it puts you outside of yourself, focuses you on others. And uh, I think that um, when we think about Jesus, when we think about our spiritual responsibility, it really is about others. That we, we are able to give because God has so blessed us. And so thank you for your generosity that's resulting in Life Church being able to be radically generous to those around us. And while we have just a few groceries here and being able to uh, be a blessing to a family uh, that's a part of Life Church, um, you are able to do that uh, on an individual basis with your neighbors and with your coworkers being able to reach out to them. So Life Church, thank you. Because of your generosity, we're able to be radically generous in our community. Thank you so much. Wow, wasn't that an incredible moment, man? I, I just love those moments. And, and this all happens because you are faithful in your giving. And I just want to say thank you. Thank you so much for trusting us and believing in the vision that God has for us as, a, as leaders, as, a, as this church, so that we can continue to impact our community each and every day because we want to show love, intentional love to other people that do not know who Jesus is yet. And so as we talk about giving, remember there's simple ways that we can give. You can give online, you can give with the links that are provided, or you can give in person, or you can drop by our office, or you can throw it in the mail. It's crazy, it still works. I know, it's awesome, right? You can throw it in the mail and send it to us at our church address. Well, hey, as we dive into service, I wanna remind you, um, that there's going to be a Q&A after this service with Pastor Eric and Pastor Rich and a special guest that I don't want you to miss. So as soon as this service ends, we will go live with Pastor Eric and Pastor Rich and that special guest. And, and they'll be able to answer questions about today's service and any other questions that pop up in the comment section. Well, hey, as we before we dive into worship, what I want to do is I want to highlight an important day. In, in Christianity, and that is today. Today is Pentecost Sunday. And what that is, is it's actually 50 days after Jesus rose again when he conquered death so that you and me could have a relationship with God. 
And in fact, what Pentecost Sunday is about, you can look at it in Acts chapter 2. It's when the believers got baptized in the Holy Spirit. That happened today, 2,000 years ago. And what I believe is that God wants to do an incredible work through you with the help of the Holy Spirit, even today, to reset, to realign as we dive into the summer, as schools are out, so that you can be the best person, the best Christ follower, showing intentional love to other people across our valley. In fact, what I want you to do, this might be weird, this might be um, awkward, but if you're in your living room, I want you to stand up right where you are. If you're, on, if you're in the car, I don't want you to take your hands off the car, please. We want you to be safe. But if you're, if you're in a spot, I want you just to go ahead and just raise your hands and prepare your heart to worship. Because I believe that God wants to do an incredible work in your life today that could change the trajectory of your life starting today for now and forever. That you're going to impact the next generation and your kids and your grandkids and your great-grandkids because of a moment that could happen today. So I want you to stand up right where you are. I want you to put your hands up. I want to pray over you. And I want you to ask God yourself. Say, God, begin a new work in my life so that I can continue to share the love of you and my story with other people so that they are impacted. I want to pray for you real quick as we dive into worship. God, I pray that your presence would be with us like never before. God, even in this moment right now, on Pentecost Sunday, God, I pray that you would be with us. God, I pray that your presence would be with us and it would be raw and real in a radical way that we have never experienced your love. God, I pray that you would speak to us today. God, I pray that we would soften our hearts and turn an ear to your voice and into your Holy Spirit today. God, we love you and God, we thank you. Amen. Well, hey, let's get ready to worship. Remain standing and let's worship God together. Good morning, Life Church. We've made it to the last week of May. Thank the Lord. As you can see, we have our whole worship team with us and we're praying that this is just a stepping stool step to the future, right? Yeah. And so we're excited that you're going to worship with us. So we just invite you this morning. Let's give God our best. destroy them all and up from the grave 
arms at your feet, finding mercy in your arms. It's all of us. Come on. How far from this place we would be, God, without your sacrifice. thank you, God, that you came down many years for us, Lord, and you died on a cross, Lord. Lord, we thank you for your goodness. Lord, we thank you for your favor, God. I pray that you would do a mighty work in all of us this morning. Lord, we worship and we sing. I hear you calling me into the deep. I leave my comfort behind. 
my heart responding I stand to my feet I'm stepping over the line If you're the fire I want to burn brighter I want to burn brighter For you, Jesus My all on the
worship you, Jesus. We give our lives to you, Lord. Lord, we give you everything, Jesus. for you, Jesus. All we are is for you, God. So we lay our lives down. We trust you, God. Oh, we trust you, God. And maybe this morning I invite you right where you're at. Um, it's not common in our culture and we kneel and uh, Lord, we just give you everything. God, we just posture our hearts for your presence, for more of your presence in our life, God. Lord, you said if my people will humble themselves and that we would seek you, that you would heal our land. And so we do that, God. So we kneel in humility, God, and we just say, will you show up? Because we need more of your presence, God. Lord, we thank you for your goodness. Lord, we thank you that we're all here, that we're all safe. God, we thank you for the victories that we have. Lord, all the families that have been affected by COVID-19, we thank you, God, that there's a turnaround. We thank you that there's members of our church that are being healed in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we thank you for your presence that's been resting upon us, God. And even though we're all over this valley right now, we're all, we're all digital, we're all on screens, but God, I know your presence is moving. And we humble ourselves, God, and we seek you to heal our land. God, would you show up and do an amazing work? God, we want to be consumed by you. Lord, let your fire fall. Let your glory shine through all of this, God. Lord, where we're looking through darkness, God, I pray to God that that little light would start to burn and that flame would start to get bigger, God, and that your Holy Spirit would just consume all of us. Lord, that we would be more powerful, Lord, that we go into this and we might feel weak now, but we got, we know that your strength is coming. God, there's going to be a day when, when everything is beautiful. And so, God, we surrender to you this morning. We give you everything we have, God, and we just ask that you would do amazing work in all of us. Holy Spirit, have your way in our services. Holy Spirit, have your way in our church. Holy Spirit, have your way in our homes. Lord, we give our lives to you. We love you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I'm always amazed that uh, the presence of God can visit us even online, right? I mean, uh, none of us were there in that worship time, and yet we sense within ourselves that God is up to something. And I so appreciate uh, Stephen and the band and uh, tech team and uh, so many others that make this possible week after week after week uh, during this strange time. And I, I hope you take to heart this moment of worship this moment of surrender, because in fact, it has a lot to do with what we're going to be talking about uh, today in our series, Can I Ask That? Um, but man, what a heartfelt moment of worship, and I appreciate each one of you, wherever you were, in your car, at home, at work, or what, whatever was going on, of just taking that moment and joining us in worship and uh, also being transformed 
uh, by the presence of the Lord. And uh, that, that posture of humility, that posture of openness to what God wants, uh, what a powerful uh, posture for us to take as well. Sometimes it shows up in our hearts. Sometimes it shows up physically. Uh, but regardless of how it shows up, uh, that we would be a people of worship. We would be a people who are influenced by God and uh, that it uh, that influence of God actually uh, influences the way that we live our lives outside of moments of worship uh, like that because our whole life should be worship uh, to our God. So uh, thank you, Stephen, band, everybody else uh, for all that you're doing. And uh, man, may, may God bless each one of you. Um, one announcement I want to make uh, before, uh, before I get into the message is, uh, so Life Church Utah is uh, one church, multiple locations. And uh, we have our Spanish ministry. We also have a campus out in Tooele. And uh, we've been in a season of transition for Tooele now since uh, about the end of January. And in this whole process, as we've been praying, God, uh, bring, bring us the right direction, the right people. Lord, how do we uh, navigate this? In the middle of all of that time, uh, the coronavirus hits and everything was shut down. But that hasn't stopped us um, in looking for, praying for, and believing for um, a, uh, a new campus pastor out there. And I am incredibly thrilled to be able to announce to you uh, this morning that uh, Forrest and Allison White, no strangers to Life Church Utah, have accepted the, the uh, at this point, a part-time position, but have accepted the position of campus pastor for our Life Church Tooele campus out in Tooele, Utah. And uh, they are no strangers to the campus. Uh, Forrest has been leading the worship there for a number of years. Allison has helped out in a, a number of different areas and they're wonderful kids, Ava and Harrison. And just so excited to have them on board uh, with, uh, with us at Life Church. So if you are friends with them on Facebook or you know who they are, please uh, send to them some encouraging words as uh, we cannot wait to get started uh, out in, uh, in Tooele with kind of the new reality of what we're walking through. And obviously we're still not meeting in person and we'll have some news of that this week. Um, many of you will receive emails uh, and or we're going to be talking uh, um, uh, through Facebook and other avenues uh, to let you know what is going on. But uh, we are thrilled to have uh, Force and Allison uh, apart. As a matter of fact, immediately following the service when we go to our live Q&A as we have done for the past number of weeks, um, uh, Forrest will be with us and have a chance to introduce you to him as well. So in the series so far, we've tackled some difficult topics. We've discovered how suffering uh, shapes us. It's a reality that God is at work uh, in his uncontrolling love for our creation. We discovered that the Bible is absolutely trustworthy, that what we have is an accurate representation, is accurate words that God is speaking to us, his love letter to us. Um, we heard from Eric uh, talking about the reality that Jesus is truly the only truth. And he's the only way to a relationship with the Father. And in that exclusivity, uh, which is tough for some to understand, but in, in that exclusivity, we find that that scope is incredibly inclusive as God's heart is revealed through his son, Jesus Christ. And uh, last week we discovered that there is a very real heaven and hell. And uh, that, that was a, a tough subject as well to walk through. And uh, I want you to know that... Um, that these questions that we are asking, there are many, many, many more questions when it comes to our faith about how does God do this? Why does God do this? What does the Bible say about? Um, I encourage you, please ask those questions. Don't feel like that you have to uh, stumble through the dark when it comes to your faith because our faith in Jesus Christ 
in the, the in his sacrifice on the cross, our faith in God's love, our faith and trust in, in what the word says to us. Um, when we ask those questions, when at times we doubt, that actually helps our faith to grow. So I encourage you, ask questions. Uh, go online, be very careful online, but, uh, but, but you can go online and find answers to, uh, to some of these questions. Or obviously, any of the pastors here or other pastors of evangelical Bible-believing churches, uh, we would love to be able to answer the questions for you. So, at Life Church Utah, we are called to lead the people of the valley to be more like Jesus. And in this process, this is why these questions are so important, because I want us to have a robust faith. Uh, we don't need to be ashamed or fearful when we ask these questions. So, again, read this trustworthy Bible and uh, allow the Lord to, uh, to guide and direct you in this process. So, this brings us to our question that we're going to ask today as we uh, conclude this series. Um, and uh, don't forget, right after the service, we'd love to have you uh, live on uh, Facebook and YouTube, uh, Life Church uh, Utah, Life Church Tooele, uh, so you can ask some questions. But here's this big question Doesn't Christianity limit my freedom? Man, I, I know I have asked that question before in my own heart, even as a follower of Christ. Isn't, isn't my freedom somehow limited? by following after Jesus. Um, we value our freedom. Right? We are in America, the, the land of the free and the home of the brave. This is who we are. Uh, it's enshrined in our founding documents. It's the cry of patriots. It's the shout of William Wallace and Braveheart. In that last little moment, he cries out freedom. We resonate with it so deeply because we do live in a free society. So anything that feels like it limits our freedom, perceived or real, we push against it. And uh, we certainly have felt this in the last number of months with quarantine and isolation and uh, dictates from government and all of those things that we fight through. And, and we push against that. And we see that happening certainly around our, uh, around our country today is there's a, a pushback against what feels like a limit on our freedoms. Thank God here in Utah, we've been spared, uh, generally speaking, from the worst of the effects. And I appreciate our state govern government officials. I appreciate their insight and, and appreciate their communication with the, uh, with the bodies of faith uh, here in the Salt Lake Valley and throughout Utah, in fact. And uh, so thank you so much. Continue to pray for our government officials. Uh, they have to navigate some very difficult things. And so, uh, so continue to pray for them. But I'm grateful for uh, how things have been handled here in Utah. So... What about Christianity and our freedom? It could be said that when we identify with Christianity, that we immediately lose any freedom uh, since we're beholden to a strict set of rules and disobedience has consequences. And so doesn't that limit our freedom to live the life that we choose? Um, this is a common complaint when following Jesus or those who are from the outside looking in. So what is freedom anyway? What does that word freedom mean? And do restrictions on freedom equal limitations of freedom and non-freedom? Actually, the opposite is often true. Timothy Keller says in his book, uh, Reason for God, in many cases, confinement and constraint is actually a means to liberation. That seems really counterintuitive that if we put restrictions and all of a sudden we have more freedom. Here's what this looks like. I'm going to step back for a second. Um, for those who don't know, this is a guitar. <laughs> and uh, back many years ago, uh, I thought it would be great for me to learn guitar. And so, so I learned a C chord. That's pretty, pretty impressive. I, uh, I learned a uh, G chord 
and a D chord, right? So that's that's what I learned. Um, am I an expert guitarsman? <laughs> Do I have incredible skill with guitar? No, because you know what it would take? And that's it. That's all that I know. I mean, that is the extent of my playing ability. Why is that? Because I never took the opportunity to constrain myself so that I could have the freedom to play the guitar. I think about Stephen and William and others on our band who, who spend hours and who have spent years crafting and limiting their freedom. Think about this whenever you practice, and for some of you, you're, you're wondering, should I practice to play the piano? Should I continue practicing to play the guitar? Whatever that skill is, I'm thinking musical instruments right now, but so many other skills. Um, we, we limit our freedom so that we can become more free. Am I free to step up on the stage at Life Church and begin playing this? No, uh, people would run away from this. If I were to try to sing, people would run away in that moment because I haven't constrained myself to the point where I'm free to be able to play. And this is a, it's a restriction as we practice. It's a limit on our freedom and we feel this and you won't be able to do lots of things. Uh, your friends go out at night, but you practice. Your friends want to go play video games, but you practice. You limit your freedom. Uh, the, the big game is on TV without people in the stands and your friends are watching it. Your fingers burn with the practice. What's actually going on here? Well, you are deliberately losing your freedom to engage in an activity that, is, uh, that will eventually release yourself to something even greater. So when we limit ourselves, we constrain ourselves to practice, we become better. And so this is just a, a very practical outflow of what it means uh, when we, uh, that if we look at just limitations uh, stopping our freedom, the reality is that at times limitations actually increase our freedom. I like what Timothy Keller says about this uh, in the same book that I mentioned earlier. Uh, disciplines and constraints only help us. They liberate us when they fit with the reality of nature and capacities. A fish is only free if it is restricted or limited to water. Otherwise, it dies. On the grass, it's freedom, right? It's freedom from the restriction of water. It's freedom is not enhanced, but destroyed. There's a nature that's at play here. So what does this have to do with Christianity? So we do have constraints when it comes to the way that we live our lives. But is that limiting our freedom or is it enhancing it? Are we fish out of water or are we actually thriving in a proper relationship with God? In Genesis, we find something interesting, and I, I've always loved, loved this. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 15 through 17, uh, it says, Then the Lord God took the man, put him in the Garden of Eden to farm the land and to take care of it. The Lord God commanded the man, he said, You are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must never eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, because when you uh, eat from it, you will certainly die. There's a constraint on the freedom given to Adam. Think about this. Adam had access to everything in creation. Everything. Every tree, every fruit, every berry, every mango, all the apples you could imagine, except one. Except the fruit that God said no to. Um, if you tell a child not to touch something, what does that child do? Uh, hot stove. Socket in the wall. 
What does that child do? The child actually reaches out because he's been told no, because we're rebellious against the things that limit our freedom. If you're in the car on a family vacation, this has happened to us, I don't know how many times. You're in a car on family vacation, the kids are bored, they're yelling at each other, and you as a parent, you like look back and, and what do you tell them at times? They stop, you need to stop yelling at each other, stop, you know, stop hitting your brother or whatever it might be. Um, and uh, one of the statements that I always laughed at is uh, when they, they're yelling at each other and uh, saying to each other, stop looking at me. And you as a parent, you, you look back there and yell at them and you say, stop. Don't look at each other, look outside. What do they do in that moment? They look outside for just a second and then they start trying to sneak peeks at one another and then they start the whole process over again. We've experienced it as a family, we know this. We try to limit freedom so that there can actually be a better expression of freedom. So the constraint on freedom is what Adam focused on. I can't have that. He missed that he could have everything else. Complete freedom, complete joy. Genesis 3, 6, the woman saw that the tree had fruit that was good to eat, nice to look at, and desirable for making someone wise. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. By the way, uh, I know I've said this before, but um, we often, uh, guys, you can blame Eve all you want for all the problems we have in the world, but who was right there goading her on, I think, was the husband. So husbands. Man, let's be strong, right? Um, so what, what were they doing admiring the fruit that they weren't supposed to have? Remember, they had it all. They could go anywhere they want. They could eat any of the fruit. They could have any of that. And yet there they were looking at the one thing that was constraining them. They ate the fruit. They exhibited their freedom. And yet they lost it all. They lost freedom. They chose the one thing that felt like a limitation, thinking that that was the route to freedom, disobedience. And that route actually led them away from freedom into a limited existence. How often do we do the same thing? How often do we look at that, that one thing that we cannot have and say, look, that's constraining what I can do, so I'm going to go do it and prove that I have freedom? Is that betrayal? Adultery? What is that forbidden fruit? And in expressing our freedom, man, we become bound. So what is freedom? A good way to help us understand is to look at something that hopefully we're familiar with. This is the the whole idea of love. It becomes a picture for freedom that may just transform us. Um, to love is to choose another. I chose my wife. She chose me. <laughs> and healthy love requires mutual unselfish service, this, this mutual loss of independence. It's a constraint on our freedom. C.S. Lewis describes it this way. To love at all is to be vulnerable. Love anything and your heart will certainly be wrung and possibly be broken. If you want to make sure of keeping it intact, keeping your heart intact, you must give your heart to no one, not even to an animal. Wrap it carefully round with hobbies and little luxuries. Avoid all entanglements. Lock it up safe in the casket or coffin of your selfishness. But in that casket, safe, dark, motionless, airless, it will change. It will not be broken. 
it will become unbreakable, impenetrable, irredeemable. The alternative to tragedy, or at least the risk of tragedy, is damnation. And so for us to enter into a love relationship, man, it opens us up to an incredible world of potential hurt. And yet at the same time, it opens up for us an incredible world of freedom with another. Um, to truly love, both sides must say to one another, say of one another, I will adjust to you. I will change to you. I will serve you even though it means sacrifice to me. If only one party does the sacrificing, the giving, and only one party does the taking and the ordering, the relationship is exploitative and oppressive and it distorts both parties. So for to love God, it seems on the surface that we are the ones who have to give it all up. That we are the ones who have to constrain ourselves and sacrifice for God. On the surface, this may feel true, but dig a little bit deeper and we see there's a whole other reality that we miss at times. And this is where those folks who are skeptics and look from the outside in and those who have those big questions of, doesn't serving Jesus limit my freedom? Because I'm the one who has to give up everything. Here's the reality. Remember reading from the trustworthy word of God. John chapter 1, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And in verse 14, it says this, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. And again in 1 John chapter 4, this is how the love of God is revealed to us. God has sent his only son into the world so that we can live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as the sacrifice that deals with our sins. God changed. God sacrificed. God adjusted becoming human just like us. And folks, this is love. This mutual love reveals the greatest freedom of all. Jesus Christ has embodied the love of God through his sacrifice and giving and adjusting to us. The truth is that in, in the constraints of belief in Jesus Christ that we can experience freedom we can find real, audacious, powerful, life-giving, hope-filled freedom, and it can be found nowhere else except in Jesus Christ. So when we constrain ourselves in relationship with God through his Son, folks, this is where we find freedom. This is where we find all of a sudden that God is for us and not against us. This is where we find that God wants us to flourish and to thrive in his freedom that he gives, when we constrain ourselves, when we limit ourselves to this limitless God. If you want relationship with this limitless God, just like so many others around, so many that are watching right now, I invite you to pray just a very simple prayer with me. It's not a magic prayer. It doesn't necessarily, uh, these words in themselves are not powerful, but what's powerful is the faith behind them. 
And I invite you to join with me if, uh, if you have never experienced freedom in Jesus. I'm going to invite you to pray with me. Just repeat this after me. Say, Dear Jesus, thank you for the freedom that you invite me to experience with you. Jesus, thank you for giving yourself for, for me so that my sins are dealt with. You died on a cross for me to set me free. Jesus, thank you for giving to me your life. I give you mine. Jesus, thank you for freedom. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have uh, taken that first step, or maybe this is uh, not new to you, and this is like a rededication moment for you, I'm going to invite you to text the word journey to 74574 to take the first steps in following after Jesus or to renew those steps in following after Jesus. You'll be uh, instructed and invited to participate in a, a number of kind of on, online audio experience um, in these uh, first steps of faith that you are taking uh, in, in really following after Jesus to find out what freedom is actually all about. Um, let me pray really quickly over you as a, as a congregation, those who have joined us online. And uh, Father, thank you, um, God, that you are a God who invites us into freedom. That God, we are uh, without you, we are like that fish out of water. But God, with you, uh, we thrive. With you, God, um, in that invitation to participate with you, we are filled with your spirit. As we follow after you, God, you invite us into freedom to live our lives in a way that is constrained and yet at the same time, we can live to the fullest. So God, help us to wrestle with that paradox. Help us, God, to, uh, to understand that you are at work in our lives even when we can't sense it, can't feel it, we fully don't understand it. But God, when we choose to constrain ourselves to you, when we choose to limit our freedom to the world outside of us, God, that in that limiting, we serve a limitless God. And Lord, we're grateful for that. Father, I pray your blessing upon your people. Lord, I ask that your face would shine upon them, that God, you would bring them peace, you would bring joy, you would bring fullness. And uh, God, as we live for you, Lord, we thank you that you uh, sent your son, Jesus Christ, to die for us so that we could live a full and a free life. Lord, we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I want to invite you to join us for a time of question and answer uh, with myself, Pastor Eric, and then again, uh, introduce, have a moment to introduce you uh, to Pastor Forrest, our new campus pastor out at uh, Life Church, Tooele, in Tooele, Utah. Man, so thank you again for being with us. So grateful to have you with us each and every week. And uh, praying blessings for you. God bless you guys. Uh, thank you so much for being with us. Mm -hmm.